Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. Basically going to be talking about how to do a little self-help therapy of your own. Nothing can replace the work of working with an actual licensed therapist. But uh, there's a few things you can do just to kind of help yourself. So we're going to be talking about how to do a little bit of a self-help cognitive behavioral style on your own. Basically, this is a little bit, it's a little drip of the wider ocean of the work I do with my clients. Um, so we'll talk about, though, how you can apply this to yourself by yourself also little exercises you can kind of tuck in your back pocket so as to help yourself out in difficult times. As I say all the time on the show, and I'll say it again for y'all, the quality of your life is tied to the quality of your practice. What does that mean? It means that we all got work to do. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter where it came from, why it happened, whether or not it's a choice, whether or not you're victimized by something, bad genetics, trauma. We as adults have to make sense of the lies we're leading and we have to undo the damage that was done for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of those around us. And as I say also on the show all the time, if you don't know what you're working on, then you're not working on anything. And when someone says something like, oh, I'm working on being a better person, that doesn't mean anything. If you don't have targeted goals that you can measure, well, you can't really track whether or not you're working on anything or improvement is happening. So we want to know what we're working on and we want to consistently be doing that because we have to rewire our brains and our nervous systems. We have to track who we're being in the world and how we want to be different. We have to pick a few aspects of our thinking or our behavior that we want to change or improve. <sighs> See that sigh? It never stops. And again, no judgment. Don't want it to sound shady. This is a very LA-centric example, but a lot of people, they spend hours a day working on their fitness and their health. But uh, when you say to them, hey, what are you working on in terms of your mental or emotional health? The answer is nothing. Or at best, maybe they're going to therapy once a week. That's great. But what are you doing between therapy sessions? What are you doing instead of? Um, it's not enough that you're <laughs> working on your physical if you're ignoring the emotional relational because ready for this zinger? The quality of your life and your relationship has literally nothing to do with your physical health. Oh yeah, that's right. It's about your mental and emotional health as a result of, and part of the system, but, uh, in isolation doesn't really matter. So no one comes into my office in terms of their mental health or relational issues or conflicts saying, if only, <laughs> if only I had more strength, mobility, or able to stretch, if only I had, um, you know, whatever it is we, we could acquire at the gym. I'm not saying the gym isn't important. I'm not saying, I'm always saying move your body as much as you can, as much as you enjoy. Um, 
nothing wrong with that aspect, but it's definitely an imbalance. And that's why I laugh. I roll my eyes and I laugh out loud when people talk about balance. They'll say it's all about balance. I don't know anyone who has a life of balance. I said all the time, how many hours a week are you doing something involving labor, going to the gym, cleaning, going to your job? Do you literally set the same amount of hours a week to do pleasure and joy? No. So we're already out of balance. How many hours a week are we working on our fitness versus working on emotional, physical health or emotional and psychological health? Again, out of balance. <laughs> um, so anyway, having said all of that, that's the front loaded entry point. We all have stuff to do. And a lot of the times the problem isn't the actual problem. It's our thinking about the problem. It's the narrative we've created and made up about the problem. It's the rigidity we apply to the problem. It's that we get hooked and think that our thoughts and our feelings determine and guide our behavior, but they don't, they can exist. We can make room for them. So we all have a lot of work to do, but don't, don't find that daunting. <laughs> it's a little, it's a chiseling away. It's amazing with the, uh, doing a few small tweaks to your life, your thinking, your behavior, how much that can change. Um, yeah, I haven't met anyone that can't be working on this because again, We've been raised in a culture where we don't really understand how to work with our thinking. We don't, we weren't raised understanding how to work with our minds. We are very much a culture of mood dependent behavior where we think our mood, our feelings determine what we do and we live and act from that. But the work isn't acting out our moods. It's about working with and dealing with, but that is generally what we don't do. If you see someone angry and they start screaming or slamming or whatnot, they're acting it out. They're not dealing with it or working with it. If you see someone who's depressed, and then again, stays home and stays in bed, you see someone who's acting it out, not dealing with it or working with it. And this isn't to say that anger issues, depression and anxiety aren't real things. And it isn't to say that they aren't struggles, but there are ways to work with them that'll help us be better aligned with our goals and our values and what we wanna be doing out in the world. But the work is about participating in our lives in the way that we want to, in the way that's meaningful, while also thinking and feeling those things. We don't have to wait to live our lives until our emotions and our thinking that's negative or troublesome is eliminated. And I think that's one of the biggest myths. We think I'll start living once my depression's managed. I'll start living once my anxiety's managed. It's not true. We can be living our lives while still having anxiety and depression. Why? Because that is a natural part of everyone's experience. Yes, some people have it to a higher extent and they go on medication and deeper psychotherapy and it's harder. Again, not knocking the difficulty of that. What I'm challenging is the idea that we have to wait until all those things are eliminated to fully participate in our lives. And that's not true. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Also going to be doing some DMs. So if we got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Also check out past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back. Talking about how to do a little self-help, a little self-therapy, how to do a little therapy with yourself. Again, for those that are struggling with more chronic, intensified feelings, please do seek the help of a therapist. Um... This is for people that are at a higher level functioning, just want to make some tweaks and some changes, or some of this is just really supplemental or complementary to the therapy maybe you're doing. I want to kind of first start by talking about judgments. Um, I think a lot of us get uh, lost in them and we hook onto them and we buy into them. If you learn nothing else from tonight's show, I want you to learn this. Just because you think something, just because you feel something, doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean it's reality. But again, we have mood-dependent behavior. If I feel something, I not only think that that determines my behavior, and also, if I feel something, jealous, scared, sad, angry, we also tend to believe it as accurate and true. And most of the time, it's not. It's part of the problem. So judgments is definitely tied in there. We will be out in the world. Someone does something, maybe our husband, maybe our best friend, maybe someone we don't even know. And whatever we decide, our mood follows along. What we don't realize or what we often don't live from is that judgments and opinions about the world, how other people should or should not be, those are just preferences. You are not correct. Your rules aren't more correct. Your values and ethics aren't more correct. Your boundaries aren't more correct. Your opinions aren't more correct. Other people are living out in the world based on their opinions and their values and their boundaries as they should. Everyone should be living a life based again on their boundaries, their ethics, their values, and what makes sense for them. Our job is to live our lives according to our rules, opinions, beliefs not put them on other people. And that's sometimes one of the issues I hear brought into my office is frustration with whatever people, other people are doing. We can try to, here's, here's, here's all we have access to if you're a healthy individual. We can try to influence people and we can make requests. We cannot control others and we cannot make demands. I won't help anyone try to figure out how to control someone else or make a demand on someone else. That's not appropriate. That's not ethical. And that's also not helpful because no one knows better. No one knows what's better for someone else. We only know what's best for us. And part of some people's struggles out in the world, especially if we're talking about things around anger, is thinking that your way is the right way or you know better. And I say that with a lot of couples. A partner does something and we wouldn't want that. We don't like that. We prefer to be other other than, and we somehow decide that that is right and they're wrong. So now you're starting to understand some of the distorted thinking. We have to allow other people to live according to their values and their rules. What we want is just a preference. And oftentimes both people are right. It's called dialectics. Two truths can be 
accurate. Here's my favorite example of this, because this is the softer version that people usually can really lean into. I've used it on the show before. You go to a movie or a restaurant. You walk out and you're like, oh my God, that was the best movie I've ever seen. The acting was awesome. The pace was great. It was no longer than about 90 minutes or two hours because, you know, again, it's my preference that no movie's ever longer than two hours. I think these very, very obnoxious directors that are making films that are longer than two hours need to calm the heck down. But that's my thinking. Back to my example. You leave a restaurant maybe and you're like, oh my God, the food was awesome. The ambiance was awesome. The mood was awesome. The service was awesome. And your partner goes, wow, I thought that movie was horrible. Poorly acted, poorly written, poorly timed, poorly paced, horrible movie. And I didn't like the restaurant or the food either. You are both correct. But what what tends to happen? We don't know how to hold opposites. We don't know how to let two things be true at the same time. So what happens is we get frustrated or disappointed. We think we are correct. And that entire conversation becomes about proving or convincing who's right. We, we always think there needs to be a winner, but that's capitalism. And I see that in a lot of couples fights. It's really about us not realizing we're on the same team. Maybe we're both correct. What means most is our relationship, but instead we're going to become enemies and we're going to battle it out until someone convinces the other one or someone's right. And when that doesn't happen, we're going to be angry and frustrated. But the correct answer would be one of two things saying, oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, you're a different human being with a different experience. So of course you saw it differently, very cool. And you move on with your darn life or go into curiosity and you say, wow, tell me more about what you enjoyed because I don't really relate to that. Both are safe, both are relational, both are comfortable, but it shouldn't ever be anger frustration. Now you have to apply that though to more difficult examples because that's, a, that's an easier example, even though some people can't even manage that. Like, dear God, woof. Life's gotta be very hard when you think that you're always correct, when you think your judgments and opinions and preferences are correct. Because what we wanna have is what we call flexibility. We realize that our thinking and our values are our preference and they're flexible. But what often people have is what we call command or demand. I'm sorry, control or demand. We wanna try to control their people's experiences and their behaviors or we place demands. Harder examples. Y'all know what they are. It would be really difficult for you to imagine two experiences at the same time. Um, but I want us to lighten up on our assessment of our own opinions and ideas. Because what's often missing in all of this is what's going on for the other person, that curiosity word that I used. And one of the tools I teach my clients is to say exactly that. Can you know? I teach them this idea that two things can be true at the same time. We always want to imagine in any conversation with any human being, we always want to take into account and ask ourselves what might be going on for them. And also try to understand other people's experience, shocker, by checking in with them. That movie example shouldn't lead to a fight because they're both correct. One person loved it, one person hated it. For one person it was the best movie, for the other person it was the worst movie. Both are true. And there's space for both. And, 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 and the conversation can end with both being true. It doesn't have to end with one person trying to convince the other. You can be curious or you allow and let go. That's our options. That's a little part of some CBT, believe it or not, working with cognitive distortions and working with different belief systems. Coming up next, we're gonna keep talking about this because these are some of the things that are going to literally save your relationships and also improve your mental health and your functioning. So stick around, don't go anywhere. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
All right, y'all, we're back talking about how to do a little self-help, how to basically work with our own thought processes. It's a little bit of some cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, again, if you have extreme issues, please do see a, a uh, licensed therapist. But right now, we're just kind of talking about ways to work with our own thinking. We have to get better about working with our minds. If we feel something, we think it's true, we think it's real, we act from it, we live from it, we believe it. And the work is actually about unhooking from that and being like, I'm having this thought or I'm having this feeling. Doesn't mean it's honest, doesn't mean it's real, doesn't mean and it's accurate and I just allow it to be there. I make room for, for it. I don't have to live from it. A lot of us are trapped in what we call mood dependent behavior where my behavior is tied to my mood. Shocker, it doesn't have to be, but a lot of us have never allowed that space between whatever we're thinking and feeling all of the choices we have and then behavior that middle choice piece is removed and we go from i feel this i do this but believe it or not you can be depressed anxious and angry and actually still move towards your goals still live in your ethics and values those emotions will always exist the work is not about removing depression anxiety and all those other pieces it's about learning to make room for them allow them to be there they will always be there they will always come back emotions and thoughts are like waves if you you just let it be, it will always crash and dissipate. But a lot of us think that the work is about removing all of that. A lot of people spend their entire lives going from treatment to treatment. They're going to do EMDR. They're going to do tap therapy. They're going to do psychedelics. They're going to do medication thinking that like, until I get these things removed, I can't live my life. And the kicker to all that is those things will always be part of life. You'll always be depressed. You'll always be anxious. Maybe not to certain extremes and those things have value. I'm not saying that they don't have any value. What I'm saying is they give the wrong idea and we can live our lives. Clients come into my practice and based on their values and their goals, we work on moving towards and achieving those even while having anxiety, depression, and all those other things in place. Believe it or not, that's the work. That's how we work with our minds. We detach from it, we unhook, we make room for it. We are not guided by it. Because again, a lot of people think that the actual problem is their thoughts and feelings. But the actual problem is that people are getting trapped and hooked by their thoughts and feelings. And as a result, they're not able to connect with others, move, to the, move towards their goals, or act from their values. And that's what it's really about. We've talked about this on the show, sitting down and saying, what are my ethics and values? And how can I live from them? How can I respond to things based on that instead of what I'm thinking and feeling because thoughts and feelings don't disappear. Instead, we learn better and new ways of responding so we can participate in our lives. We don't wait until those things are removed because they're not ever 100% going anywhere. Because remember, thoughts and feelings, they come, they stay, and they go. And we want to allow them to come, to stay, and to go. And the work is about learning how to just step back, watch the natural flow, not get pulled in, and not hold on to them. Because remember, we're not trying to suppress anything, but we're also not trying to amplify, drama, dramatize, or act it out. We're trying to do the in-between, which is acknowledge and observe, hey, I'm feeling this way, I'm thinking this, and then stepping into another part of ourself, which says, and what do I wanna do right now? What are all my choices? What did I need to do for the day? Some people have professions where they've been forced to kind of unnaturally do a little bit of that. A news anchor, a flight attendant, anyone in the service industry, you have an experience, but then you have to you know, go to work and do what you need to do. And you learn how to say, I'm feeling what I'm feeling, but I don't have to live or act from that. It's a healthy level of detachment. That's part of how we work with our minds is we don't buy into everything we're feeling. 
We make room for the thoughts and the feelings, but we make our behavioral actions tied to our core values in service of what's important to us. It's called acting mindfully. That's the goal. Not getting rid of these thoughts and these feelings because we don't have the ability to do that. And sadly, like I said over and over on the show, some people think that that's what the goal of mental health is and that they're not living healthily or happily until those things are gone. They will always be there. That is a part of the natural human experience. But we have to learn how to still participate in our lives fully while all of those things are happening. And that's some of what we're talking about tonight. And, you know, in the earlier segments, I was talking a lot about how judgments and opinions. We think they're real. We think they're true. We apply them to other people. No, those are your preferences. That's how you prefer things to be. And with those things, you can influence others. You can make requests, but we can't control others and we can't make demands on them because they have to live their lives based on their values. So for instance, if someone cuts you off in the car, you have a thousand responses. You can say, wow, I'm feeling really angry about that. But that doesn't mean you have to act angry. You don't have to honk your horn or scream. You can say, yeah, I'm feeling anger. I'm noticing anger. We have this observing ego, this observing self that can look at what's happening, but doesn't have to be guided by it. And then you have to say to yourself, as I said in an earlier segment, we ask what might be going on for them? What might be going on for them? Because we're trying to not personalize. That's the other thing. Human behavior, we personalize everything. We make it about us. Well, they just cut me off in their car and I'm feeling anger. And so I think I need to act angry then. Well, you can say I'm noticing I feel angry and still act from your values, which is be compassionate and be chill. And they have to say, what might be going on for them? Maybe their child's in the backseat sick and they're rushing to the hospital. Maybe they got distracted in thought because they're a human being. They made a mistake and they accidentally didn't see you. Maybe you were at that spot in their car. You know, there's an area where we can't always see the other cars around us. Who knows what's going on? But we hold space for that. All right, coming up next, we're going to do some DMs and then we're going to get back to some of this uh, self-help stuff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Someone says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been talking to this girl now for about four months. We decided that we're just better as friends. See, I love that. Healthy communication, realizing just because romance or sexuality is incompatible, the chemistry is not there, whatever it is, let's still maintain what it is that we enjoy about each other and let's be friends. That's how it should always get to be. We shouldn't ever go through breakups. We should go through reorganization of the label or the structure around which we relate to each other. I think it's awesome. Um, but I can still tell she has feelings for me and does things that make me uncomfortable. Okay, so here's where the work comes in. Like, I'll just catch her staring at me when we're hanging out or she'll be at my house and we automatically start put and sh- and will automatically start putting away my laundry. Did you mean she will? Anyway, you said I've tried setting boundaries with her. What would the boundary be? Like, please don't stare at me. Please don't put my laundry away. That's odd. Anyway, you said I've tried setting boundaries. It's easier for me to keep them than her. I'm curious what the boundaries are though. Cause if it's just that they look at you and maybe anyway, you said, do you, do you think I need to separate myself from her completely at this point? I want her as a friend, but it's kind of hard right now. I don't know how to answer that. I need more details because if this person is just over-involved and helps you fold your laundry and stares at you sometimes, take the compliment. Like uh, that, I don't know why that's difficult or hard or threatening. 
uh, allow that. Um, but maybe there's other boundaries that are more reasonable and meaningful. I don't know. I mean, I do appreciate this part of it all that, you know, if you want to have a friendship with someone, that means you want to be able to share with them other people you're dating or having a crush on or whatever it is. And if those kind of conversations can't be had, well, then you don't have a friendship, you know, and I want everyone to hear that. If you're working on a friendship with someone, but you feel as though you have to withhold or downplay information, well, then you don't really have a friendship and maybe you're not ready or they're not ready. And maybe you do need to take time or you need to start bringing it up and familiarize yourselves with that. Like that's one of the hardest things is when I break up with someone or whatever it is and we remain friends because I stay friends with my exes because I don't burn it down and we don't hate each other and we leave lovingly. It's hard. And you have to start at some point saying, hey, I'm dating again. Can I tell you about the person I'm dating? You have to normalize the fact that you are friends now and you're single. And if you're not doing that, well, then there's a little bit of a red flag. Is it because you want to still be considered? Is it because you still want to hold space to flirt? Is it because you're afraid of hurting their feelings? Well, then you don't have a friendship. You're protecting too much. And that doesn't feel comfortable for anyone. And it doesn't really help you fall into the places, or, or let me say it differently, it doesn't help either of you really fall into the new identity or structure that you have. So that's always my litmus, litmus test. Are you comfortable and willing to discuss crushes and other people you're having sex with or dating? And if not, then you haven't really gotten to a place where you're ready for a friendship. Normalize that by talking about it or take some time. I don't know which one it is in this instance. So not knowing what these other boundaries are that you're talking about, I can't really answer that. Um, because if it's just that they help you put stuff away and they stare at you lovingly and still have a little bit of some residual crush, allow that and deal with that. Take the compliment. But yes, if it's getting in the way of you fully participating in each other's lives, well, then it's too soon or you're just not able to pull it off. And that's sometimes a... Um, disappointing but honest reality of what that's like because yeah just because you realize it's not right doesn't mean the feelings disappear right doesn't mean the love is immediately gone if that was ever there um so it, it, it's a case by case i'm giving you the most idealized version of how we want it to be able to be but very rarely in life <laughs> do we get the idealized version of anything you know um but again i think Dating should be a process of bringing people into your life and hopefully they stay not, I think it's, I think it's a little objectifying and I think it's a little unfair and unkind that we can only consider them romantically. And if that's not uh, possible, then they're discarded. I think that's a really poor way to move through the world. I do. People have to be able to, friendship is valid. Let me say it like that. Friendship is legit. Friendship is valid. And realizing we should only or can only be friends shouldn't mean that they're throwaway. I'll just say it like that. It's very painful. It's also a little violent emotionally. And I want us to be better than that. While also honoring that sometimes it's harder than it sounds, you know? So I don't know, you know? All right, y'all. Uh, got a DM for us? Questions, topics, things you want us to hit? Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We love hearing from you. I want, you know, everyone to get their needs met. So the DMs are a really good way to do that. And of course, I'm always open to hearing topics you want us to hit, something you want us to hit again, drop deeper into. Put that in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. But um, stick around, y'all, because we got a lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about how to do a little self-help, how to work with our minds because we unfortunately are a little too hooked on our thoughts and our feelings. We believe them, we buy into them, we think they're true and we act from them. Woo, it's a mess. Instead, we have to just say, hey, I'm feeling angry, but that doesn't mean I have to act or live from it. Hey, I'm feeling depressed, doesn't mean I have to act and live from it. 
Here's the ideal scenario. I wake up in the morning and I have a, and I have the plan to go hiking and to go grocery shopping. So I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling great. Guess what I do? I go hiking and grocery shopping. I wake up in the morning and I feel sad. Guess what I do? I go hiking and grocery shopping. I wake up in the morning and I feel anxious. Guess what I do? I go hiking and grocery shopping because I acknowledge how I feel. I let it be there knowing it will come and go on its own if I just let go and I follow through on my goals. Because those emotions, if we, if we engage them, they stick around longer and they amplify. And that's why the work is about just letting them come and go or letting them stay. One of my meditation teachers, back when I was taking meditation classes, um, Buddhism has been something that has been life-saving for me. It's the only theory of the mind that has ever been proven to show how to work with our minds. And there's so many uh, third wave, I think it is, cognitive behavioral treatments that are really rooted in that. And they're absolutely stunning, stunning stuff. And one of the things they kept telling me is, you know, you want to be like a mountain. It's always anchored. It never moves. The snow comes, blizzards come, the sun, the rain, and it never moves. It allows those things to come and go, to come and stay, knowing that none of it's forever. Everything changes. You anchor yourself and you ride it out. And that's what we have to do with emotions. We have to anchor ourselves, not get trapped in them or hooked by them or make decisions from them. Just be like that mountain and all those things are happening around you and there you are still anchored. That's the goal. That's how you be a good parent. That's how you be a good partner. That's how you could be a good friend is saying that mountain is anchored in what? Its goals, which is to just be there and accessible for people to climb and for people to look at. It's anchored by its values and its ethics, and it doesn't get hooked or thrown off by the weather. That's what we're trying to go for. Because again, we're not trying to suppress or deny anything because there's no such thing as bad emotions or negative emotions. All emotions are appropriate. All emotions are healthy. All emotions are energies in our body. It's what we do with them that matters. So we're not trying to suppress or deny or shame, and we're not trying to amplify, crank it up, act it out. We're trying to live in the middle, which is we allow and we accept and we let go and we're guided by our values. We're guided by our goals. And that's what you have to say to yourself. What are my ethics and my values? Write them down. What are my goals for the day, the week, or the year? Write them down. And that's what your behavior is determined by. And within all of that, all these different emotions and thoughts are going to swirl in and you make room and you allow, but you don't get hooked by them. You don't believe in them. You don't obsess about them. Because here's the other thing I'm talking with a lot of clients about that tend to obsess. Like I said, if we overly focus or get hooked by a thought or a feeling, we're going to make it worse. It's going to stay longer. It's going to get amplified. And a lot of times when we're overly thinking or we're reaching out to all of our friends, we're actually obsessing. We're amplifying where the work is about just letting go and making room for it. So am I saying never reach out to a friend or never think through anything? No, but there's a point where you're actually getting hooked and amplifying. And that's what I want you to call out. If after you've called one friend and you've talked it out a little bit, anything beyond that is you getting hooked and infected by it and amplifying it and obsessing. And the work then is about your attention. Whatever we put our attention on is what we're going to be fed by. And that's how we're going to feel. And I often say to people, you are being too self-obsessed. And they're like, well, how am I being self-obsessed? I, I, I'm really upset at what this person did to me. It's about the other person. And I keep saying to them, no, you're being self-obsessed. You're go, you are spending your whole day going inward about what you think, about what you feel. And you need to instead be going outward. Go participate in your life. Stop spending so much time going inward with yourself and obsessing and ruminating and battling it out and talking it through and instead focus your direction, 
your attention outward on what are your friends doing? What's going on at work? What's happening on the news? What do you need to do in your house to clean? Go outward, stop going inward and holding on and gripping. A lot of times if you're in a lot of pain, it's because you're gripping and obsessing and hooked and holding on. And even though it's so hard and it's so scary, you have to let go. The pain is because you're holding on too tight. Make room for it and allow it. Often we're trying to control things and we have to just be where we are. So this is the question I want you to ask yourselves. What am I, in what ways am I demanding control? In what ways am I insisting on certainty and on my way? Am I allowing and making room for people to live their lives based on what makes sense to them, based on their thinking? Am I refusing others? Am I refusing to allow others to have different thoughts and different opinions? Because we often want it our way and we make it about us. And again, we don't ever think what might be going on for them, what might be happening with them right now. Is there two things that can be right at the same time? Yes, they cut me off in my car and I'm upset, but I'm not going to personalize it and assume that's what they meant to do. And I don't know what's going on in their day. And it might be a very reasonable thing if I better understood. And both things can be true. That something annoying happened to me and there might be something reasonable as to why it happened. And we hold both. We're going to keep talking about this. We'll be back next. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. Past episodes over at we are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Talking about different emotions, healthy versus unhealthy, in reference to how we get hooked by our emotions. And we think that they're all true, they're all real, it's accurate, because I feel this way, that must be what happened. I feel je- I feel jealous that you're talking to someone, so I-, I must be accurate that something bad happened. But we never stop and say, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Just because I'm feeling jealousy doesn't mean something bad happened. Let me, first off, always right-size it. Okay, I saw I saw my partner talk to someone, that's not a 10 crank it down. Number two, did I check in with them? If you're in a healthy relationship, you say, Hey, what's going on? And you check in and do a little reality testing. What was it that I'm seeing? You also hold space for two realities to be true at the same time that yes, you were jealous, but in fact, they were just, I don't know, talking to another human being, asking for directions, loved their sneakers and wanted to know where they got them. I don't know what the example is, but just because we feel something doesn't mean that feeling's accurate or it's appropriate. I say that all the time. Just because you're jealous of something doesn't mean you're correct and you're right. Just because you're angry about something doesn't mean you are correct and you're right. Sometimes your anger is misdirected and inappropriate. So is sometimes your jealousy. So is sometimes your depression or anxiety. We have to learn how to hold things lighter. That's part of cognitive behavioral therapy that we can do with ourselves. Hold things lighter. Get more details. Always say to yourself, what might be an alternate explanation? What might be going on for them as to why they did that and made sense for them? Am I holding them accountable to my boundaries and my value system? Or are they operating from theirs, which is just as reasonable and appropriate? Because I say this all the time. You can't just say someone has bad boundaries because they might be living according to theirs, which are different from yours. When we set a boundary for ourselves, how they respond determines how healthy they are with boundaries. Healthy people will honor your boundaries. They're yours. But remember, boundaries aren't about controlling other people. They're about us, what we will say and what we will do. If you're saying to someone, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, that's not a boundary. That's rules and control, and you don't have a right to do that to another adult, ever. Ever.
You can say, if you do this, I will leave. If you do this, I won't continue to live with you. If you do this, I won't stay at the party. If you talk to me like that, I won't stay at the dinner table. But you can't tell people what to do. That's control. You don't have a right to do that. Boundaries are where we talk about what we'll say and what we'll do, what we'll be around and what we'll be a part of. It's about us. It should always start with I will, I won't. But when you start saying you can, you can't, you should, nope, that's not appropriate, that's control, that's rigidity, that's demands, and a healthy adult will never be a part of that. And again, this is always within the context of a healthy relationship. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, work on that or get out. If you're with someone that you can't trust, get out. <laughs> uh, this is within the context of healthy people who we can trust. That's the only people we can do this work with. That's a really important caveat. But I was saying earlier, our, our attention is such an important part of this. Where is our attention? Is it on our internal world, what we're thinking, what we're feeling? Well, then you're obsessed, you're hooked, you're amplifying. Or is it on the outside world? Because I want us to know what percentage of our time is focused on ourselves versus participation in the world. And that's a part of this. Because when we're hooked and we're really just living from our internal world, usually we're going to be rigid and we're not being relational. Um, the top cognitive distortions that people tend to run into is catastrophizing, where they always go to the worst case example, worst case you know, possible, all or nothing thinking, where they don't acknowledge that there's sometimes two truths at the same time, or there's gray areas, and often in life there are gray areas, and there are two things that can be right at the same time. There's no such thing as it's only right or it's only wrong. No, that's actually not true at all. Sometimes two things are correct. Sometimes two things are wrong. And sometimes there is a gray area. In fact, lots of times there's gray areas because we all have different thinkings, different rules, different boundaries, different experiences. Um, and oftentimes another cognitive distortion is what we talked about earlier, rigid rules and judgments. We need to be flexible in our thinking. You could say, I'd prefer that you blah, blah, blah. I'd prefer that something happened or didn't happen, but you can't tell other people what to do. Also, Emotional reasoning, where we think our feelings are facts. It's not true. Our feelings aren't always true. Just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. And people will say that. Well, that's how I feel. And it's like, correct. But interrogate that. Healthy people interrogate their feelings. They don't just say, well, if I feel this, then that's what's happening. That's what's up. No, grow up. Be an adult. If you feel angry, you feel jealous, you, you interrogate it. You ask yourself a few more questions. Am I right-sizing it? Is this an appropriate response? Is it reasonable that I feel jealous or angry about this? Am I going to extremes? Am I cranking it up? That's how we work. Otherwise, if we're not willing to do that, we're not ready, in theory, to be in a relationship with other people. And then, of course, we also personalize, where we make everything about us. We never say what might be going on for them, right? Like, oh, I didn't get a happy birthday. I'm mad. Well, wait a minute. What was going on in their life that day? Do you know? Oh, you don't? Well, then hold space and find out. That's another part of not personalizing. It's another part about not saying feelings are facts. And also, we don't want to globalize from one event. Just because I got you know, dumped once doesn't mean I'll never find a partner. You can't globalize from one singular event. That's another really big cognitive distortion is that one. We have these belief systems that we get trapped in and we buy into and we just globalize them. <laughs> we live fully in them. We buy into them. We don't try to challenge it. We don't try to say that might be right now. That might be that person. That's part of the problem. But again, we're talking tonight about working with our thinking a little bit. We're letting go. We're softening. We're not assuming. 
We want things to be a certain way, but they won't always be that way. We have to have that flexibility. Because what happens is we have these automatic thoughts and then it's a message that we make up based on that about ourselves, others, the world. And then we just buy into it and then we feel from it. And that leads to extreme feelings, prejudicial views, distortion of reality, distortion of what other people are thinking. But the most important questions are, where's the evidence? Is this actually effective? Is it right-sized? Have I checked in with this other person to find out what's going on with them? Is there an alternative explanation? That's how people work with their thinking. But most people are just off and running. Hair, pin, trigger. All right, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about this. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to work with our thinking because if we think something or feel something, we take it to be true and we just go off and running and we assume we're correct and we do damage to ourselves and damage to others. And when we feel something, we actually want to stop and say, well, wait a second. <laughs> Where's the evidence that that's actually true? Is this effective towards achieving the goals or the kind of relationship I want? Is it right-sized? Is it an appropriate response for the level of severity of what happened? Am I considering what's going on with that person and what they might need or how I'm impacting them? Have I asked them what they were, what their meaning was, what the truth was, or do I just feel something and I act on it and I assume I'm correct? Healthy people, there's a space between the trigger or the event and their behavior. But for most of us, bam, no, no space. But for the healthy people, they stop and they go, let me think about this for a minute. Let me interrogate it a little bit. Let me challenge it. Let me ask some questions. They're not just off and running. That's the scary part of this is a lot of us never have stopped to learn how to work with our thinking. And cognitive distortions are the reasons why that's not good. People catastrophize, go to the worst case scenario. They over they overgeneralize. Something happens and they make a grand sweeping statement about had a bad morning. I guess it's a bad day or a bad week or something happened when I first walked in the restaurant. The whole meal is ruined. We generalize, we catastrophize. Um, what else do we do? We jump to conclusions without, without much evidence. Uh, like I said, emotional reasoning where we think if I feel something must be true. Um, what else? Shoulds, where we hold on to our own personal rules and assume that everyone else should or must follow or operate the way we do without being a little flexible. Um, and then also filtering, where sometimes all we do is focus on the negative. Well, even though at the same time there's some positive or joyful things happening and we refuse to allow space or to feel into that. Because ideally this is what you would do. An event would happen. And instead of just going right to a feeling and acting from it, you would say, well, hold on a minute. What's the belief system or the story that I've made up? What's the meaning I'm giving this? And let me interrogate it a little bit. Let me ask some questions. What am I thinking it means about the world and others? Is it realistic, accurate, helpful? What other meanings can I give it? We have to work with our thinking. It is that flexible. But the way we do that is number one, journaling. I want people to be journaling. What are the constant cognitive distortions that I'm bumping into? Do I generalize? Do I catastrophize? Do I jump to conclusions? Do I just assume my feelings are correct? Do I, do I live in the world of shoulds and musts? Am I always focusing on the negative? Learn about yourself, learn your owner's manual, and then start journaling it. Did I do that today? Where did I do that? Playing the script all the way to the end, what would happen if I actually acted from that? Challenging some of your thinking, 
doing some relaxation so, so as to allow a little space between thinking and feeling something and just immediately acting on it. Healthy people stand there and do nothing. Healthy people say, I'll get back to you. I don't know what I, what I want to make of that yet. Healthy people aren't impulsive. And that's power. People that are just telling it like it is and flipping their lid and acting out and screaming and hitting, those are really scary, unhealthy people because they don't know how to work with themselves. And they think if I'm feeling something, it must be true. Where healthy people can modulate that. They can moderate that. And it's really easy for some because they're just raised in those kinds of families. And so it's intuitive. God bless. <laughs> Not how I was raised. Other people, they're in social networks and social circles where they normalize violence and acting out. That's a bummer. It's going to be really hard to be healthy in a system like that. Some have no impulse control. They don't know how to work with themselves or their minds. Others aren't aware of what their values or ethics are. So they don't even know how they'd rather be living. They're just living by the seat of their pants. If they feel something, bam, off they go. So we want to be working with this. The, the po most powerful thing you could do, if nothing else from the show, is just know if I feel something, I need more information. It doesn't mean it's correct. Or I'm going to start checking in with people before I make assumptions and say, hey, what did that mean for you? What was your meaning? Why did you do that? Also, slowing down and saying, what kind of person do I want to be? And I'm going to act from that, not from my feelings. I'm not going to have mood-dependent behavior. If I'm angry, I act angry. If I'm sad, I act sad. Instead, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. I feel angry. I feel sad. However, I'm still with you and we're out of town and we're having a great day and nothing bad has happened, but I'm sad or I'm angry or something frustrated me. I don't have to live from that. I can let that be there with me and I can ground myself in something else. We want to be letting go and practicing that flexibility, making room for all of this. Practice it. I'll bring it back. We'll keep talking more about it. This was just like a gentle, gentle dive. It was not much of a deep dive, uh, but do the journaling. Do the tracking, call yourself out, work with your emotions better, make room for them, don't get so hooked. Uh, coming up next, DMs. Got a DM for us? Drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Because again, as you're learning, the work is all about the repetition. And take notes. Write down some of the things that are meaningful to you, the things you want to practice. Have your mental health journal or even a notepad on your phone where you're kind of logging and tracking these things so you can focus on them, check in on it, circle back, all that stuff. Um, all right, we'll be back though. So uh, stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my boyfriend moved in with me about five months ago. Ah, see, here we go. (laughs) What worked while living separate doesn't always promise will work while living together. Uh, I don't think every relationship needs to take a next step. We we often live on the uh, relationship escalator where we think we always have to have a next step and the next step is always more closeness, more commitment, living together, having a house, kids. But you don't have to do it that way. I want us to normalize. Sometimes, like, I know no one really does this. We talked a little bit about a few celebrities that were doing the living together, um, living together while apart, that they chose to have separate housing. And I know a few people in my field that do that. They're like, it always will feel better. We can spend the time together, but let's have our own places. Let's never give up our place. A lot of people will move in together thinking they have to, not wanting to, but not wanting to look weird or not committed or not really in love. What a bummer because sometimes living together is the worst thing for your relationship and it kills it. And instead of saying, let's then try going backwards and living separately because we did better that way, they think, well, then we just can't be together because we're supposed to live together. And if we can't live together, we're not meant to be together. Well, wait a second. No one said you had to live together and no one said you had to be able to pull off living together. And if you can't just don't live together, but stay together, living separately, sleeping over. Like it's such an odd bummer that that becomes a total deal breaker. That doesn't need to be. Um, because when we live together, we start to deal with things we wouldn't have to otherwise little nitpicking things, too much time together, not enough space. So I want to remind you all, it's okay to say, I don't want to actually ever live with you. We can stay at each other's house all the time, but like, I want my own space or living together isn't working, but I love you. So let's live separately and stay together. That is acceptable. It is shocking. I work with tons of people that do it because one lives on the East Coast, one on the West, or someone's working on a project in a different place. Beautiful stuff. Back to your question though. You said we never really had trust issues when we lived separately. See, living together wasn't good for them. They weren't built for it. Okay. But it seems like since he's moved in, I'm finding it hard to trust him. Now I'm curious to see why that is. Like he'll go out without saying where he's going, which he has the right to do. But then I feel like I'm crazy if I ask him. I guess now that I'm seeing his every move, I'm finding myself worrying more and it's already affecting our relationship. Um, Some people aren't really big on accountability. This person's used to living alone and going and coming as they want. Now, I will agree that when you live together, 
it is understandable that people want to understand where their partner's going and when they'll be back. There's just something psychologically built into us to be aware of them, aware of their absence, aware of their presence, to feel better when they're there, to not feel so great when they're gone, to have trouble sleeping alone when they're always sleeping next to us so we're awake until they get home. That's very reasonable. So it's reasonable and just also part of curiosity to be like, hey, where'd you go? Hey, what have you been doing all day? So I don't know if it's that this person doesn't want a true primary relationship. I don't know if this is someone who really values a little more autonomy. I I, I don't know what it means for them, but that's your first question is, hey, because again, I want everyone to have vulnerable adult conversations and not make assumptions. So you have to say, hey, it seems as though it's hard for you when I want to know what you've been up to, where you're going. Can you help me understand what that means for you? And maybe the answer is very reasonable or the answer provides a solution. And then bam, you're good. Or maybe they'll say, I, I, I used to, I'm used to having more time and space alone. Living together has actually removed that. And then you can say, feel free to come and go as you want, or just maybe be open to me asking once or twice where you're going and we keep it simple. Or maybe you say, we're not meant to live together, but we can still stay together. I don't know, but you need to get more information. And more importantly, I want you to practice having vulnerable, intimate conversations where we check in and we don't make assumptions. Because if we're not comfortable checking in saying, hey, what does this mean for you? Then we're decide for them based on our experience and we're often wrong. So you need to get more information. And then maybe followed up with what would make you feel more comfortable? Because again, no solution's the good one or the right one or the complete one unless it's mutually beneficial and both feel like their needs are met. Bam. All right, y'all, that is our show. That's our DMs for the night. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. We'll be back tomorrow. Spend the rest of your night focused on self-care. Beautiful thing. Prioritize self-care, which means build in a little bit of pleasure. Just do something for pleasure. Get that pint of Ben and Jerry's, the non-dairy. It's delicious. Maybe watch that movie. Stay up an extra hour. Go to bed an hour or two early. Take a bath. But build in some pleasure and self-care. And as much rest as possible, be kind to yourselves and those around you, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.